tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now... Let the buzz begin! What is up, gladiators? Welcome to Scandal After Buzz TV After Show. My favorite after show. Hope is your favorite after show. Your favorite gladiators here for season four, episode three in the bubble. Welcome again, guys. We are so happy to be here. I'm your host, the Millionish Jr., and I'm joined here. I have to give you some new adjectives this week, so let's do a hilarious uh, cold piece. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley. And I am Bam Erickson. And we are going to begin, guys. I thought that this was a great episode. We'll dive right in. Melly. Um, Melly is really going through it. And, you know, these past couple episodes, we've seen, you know, how she's coping with the whole death of her son and dealing with this in fits. And in this episode, it was mixed emotions with this whole Brightcliff killer situation. Um... But I was happy to see that she was passionate about something else, finally. And she was moving on, or trying to move on, at least. And even Fitz, when she, he said, do you want to go to the funeral, have free time for you, or go to the the gravesite? And she was like, no, 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 I'll stay here. You can go without me. And I thought that was good. I thought it was good that she was finally working on something else. And uh, as the case goes along, we see you know how this plays out. But what do you guys think about her taking this on, as opposed to something else? Um, I thought that it was symbolic of, and I'm going to try to find the person who mentioned on YouTube, but a couple of people have been having a discussion on YouTube that Melly isn't, in fact, mourning for her child. It's more that she feels two things. It's more that there's a sense of guilt because mm-hmm. she basically has been fake this whole time. So it's almost that she's overcompensating, possibly for a lack of connectivity, as well as the fact that I think that on some level she's mourning the perception of what her life was going to be. So I think that possibly she thought she was going to potentially be a Hillary Clinton, Mm -hmm. right? So meaning a first lady who potentially could have a viable run to be something of... to to have their own um, uh, uh, title distinct from that of their husband, right? And I think that this specific story was pertinent to her because she's a lawyer, mm-hmm. right? We again, we don't know what type of lawyer she is, but she's a lawyer. So there was a there was the nitty gritty aspects of the holes in the story and people's, i.e., the the court of public perceptions, automatically thinking that this is the killer cliff bride and then her legal mind starts turning and goes no because of this and this and this and this so it gave her something to to jump onto number one but more importantly it gave her something to jump onto which is theoretically her former self before all this bullshit and the melly circus started so I thought I, I really enjoyed it and I thought it was perfect yeah <laughs> you're laughing the melly circus <laughs> I'm laughing because you said bullshit oh, um, <laughs> I need to stop cursing sorry sorry after buzzers um, I know I totally agree with you Sophia the fact that she she was able to to be her old self and just to the way when she was in the office, how she had all her things and she was figuring things out. She was her old self, uh, maybe which is why Fitz kind of, you know, uh, responded the way that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem that I guess uh, bothered me about that about this was Fitz, rather than trying to support or trying to figure out what she's doing, he was more so trying to pamper her with uh, okay are you going to go to the grave okay fine but but, but it was it was more like a pamper not trying to figure out what um what she's trying to do nor Mm -hmm. trying to help her because just as he has to move on and run the country she eventually has to move on too Mm -hmm. and so we you can see she was trying to move on she was trying to do something she even put on a nice dress she even did her hair and so the fact that Fitz didn't uh support her um with her trying to move on I felt was crappy. Well, Fitz doesn't know how to do that, though. When have we ever seen Fitz put put his full weight behind Melly in one of her endeavors? 
Because whenever she tries to insert herself, something may happen, goes wrong. Because remember Cyrus said a long time ago, Melly, Melly spites herself. She'll get riled up and she'll shoot herself in the foot. But anytime that Melly has done something or tried to get motivated, Fitz was never the cheerleader. I don't think he knows how. I mean, he may... But I mean, I don't recall ever seeing it. If anybody listening remembers when Fitz was like <laughs> down, ride or die for Melly and her endeavors, then that if you okay, so two questions here, and we're going to go into detail about Abby later. But do you think now? Do you seen the whole episode that Abby was out of line for trying to talk to Cyrus and trying to talk to Fitz and explain what was going on, or do you think it was just? her doing her job because I feel like nobody, nobody was listening to Abby at all I think Abby needs to know how to talk in bullets because when she came in with Fitz she was like well I just you know there's something so going on the with the first lady she needs to come in here Melly's trying to set up a meeting with the dude with the with the case at the park this 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 and this what do you want me to do exactly instead of just dancing around it because people don't communicate like that take this away from it being Fitz people on that level communicate bullets mm-hmm. You can't come in there with an essay. They won't hear it. They, you know, they want you to get straight to the point so we can wrap it up and figure out what we're going to do. Now, my next question is, we had the scene where Melly has this beautiful presentation. She has a pamphlet and everything, and she has all these dignitaries in there and people from the board, and they're sitting at this table, and then she brings Jeff in, and she's like, oh, so this is so-and-so from the FBI, and this is so-and-so from agriculture, like all these things. And then he lets her know that they find out <laughs> that she actually or he did trip and fell off the cliff and then Melly's face was kind of you know obviously destroyed but we all kind of gasped when Fitz just sat there and didn't say anything and I mean <laughs> if he did listen to Abby and you know figure out what was going on I feel like it would have been a different turnout but even still as her husband how do we feel about how that went down because he just sat there um well when she addressed Mr. President walking into the room. She called him Fitz. Is that something that even the first lady is supposed to do? Oh, I thought she actually called him Honey. But she, yeah, she called him Fitz. Um, is Wait, he, Abby or Melly? I'm Melly. Okay, okay, okay. Is are you is, saying is that inappropriate? Yeah, I would. Mm, well, no, yes and no, no. Okay, this this thing is out. I think it's I think it's appropriate. However, and I and just jump in if this is where you're going with it. I think it's appropriate because at the end of the day, that's her husband. But it's not appropriate if she wants to be taken seriously. So, right. for instance, and I actually, like I said, thought that she called him honey, not mm-hmm. fit. So, if she does that, then it's then you're actually just the first lady, and I need to be very clear about that distinction. Versus if she literally said fit or. Um, uh, thank you, Fitz. Everyone, the president is now here. Kind of like said Fitz, but then like kind of address him as a title. Mm-hmm. Then it still makes her the first lady, but it's the first lady that has a platform and a voice and, and is someone who should be listened to given her resume and her credentials separate and distinct from the president, number one. And regardless of whether or not we like it or not, when you elect someone, you do, in fact, also elect the first lady. That's why arguably... We haven't yet elected a president. I think there's actually one way, way back in the day who hasn't been married. There's something about that union, you know, whether or not it's our puritanical beliefs as Americans that we like somehow a union. And and the viewpoint and the platforms of first ladies, especially, I'd say, since FDR times, has become more and more relevant. But we can talk about that offline. Yeah. I think the main problem I have with this scene with Fitz is if we go back to last week's episode when Melly didn't want to go to the State of the Union address. So even though Melly didn't want to do it, and we talked about what the potential backlash could have been if she didn't attend by the media, by her going and standing by her man supporting, she did what she needed to do to support her husband. And regardless of, you know, what the motive was that Fitz wanted her there for, she was there to support her husband. And he never reciprocates. So she needs him in this moment. I mean, you just bombed in front of all these people. And she needs him in that moment. And he's not there for her. So that bothers me. But also, this is like a cry for help for Melly. Like, she just needs something to do. Not saying just give... I'm not saying just give Melly anything to do. But... She needs needs a platform. Exactly. But she's still mourning. You know, we don't... But is she now? People mourn for a long time. And it depends... 
it just depends on how you know how you you break through. She based on how excited she got with this, she needs a platform. Exactly. This but, my, her, but this was like her first stepping stone to to breaking out of her shell as far as what she's going through. This was this was finally something that gave her a trigger moment where hmm now it was able to take her mind away from what she's been wanting. So this was like a trigger point for her. So this is a stepping stone. But I'm going to piggyback on what you said earlier when you said that Fitz like pamper her in this situation. Mm-hmm. I know she's mourning, as we say, but what has Fitz done to try to help her get out of the situation? Not saying he has to push her out. Nothing. I've been saying that for that, the past two weeks. That is what Pam's been saying. But okay, this is really the question. Two things, but it's really the same. Do you think that fundamentally Fitz respects Melly, number one, Number two, do you think he still views her as solely ornamental? Hmm. Mm. I think he respects her. I think he, I think, and unfortunately, I think finding out what happened to her, I think he respects her more now than he initially did. And I say that because any normal person would not have gotten raped by their husband's father and kept it quiet and kept pushing towards the goal. That was something, that's a sacrifice that a lot of people would not have been able to make and to act like you're supporting your husband in his endeavors, knowing right. that you, you went through this with, with his dad. I just, the way Fitz looks at her, yes, it may be grief and he may feel bad for her, but I think he respects her more now. As far as being ornamental, I don't know. I mean, cause to piggyback on your mm-hmm. point, why didn't he show up on time? Why Why didn't he take a more active role? Why even solely when he walked in the room, you see all these people, you don't see your wife? Right. Why would there be a cabinet That's meeting That's a good point. Why did Abby have Melly? to say, this is the meeting that your wife said? Right. Yeah. Melly's standing right there in front of you. So wouldn't you think, oh, okay, like, let me fall back? My and wife then, is actually in a dress and has on makeup. And You know the funny <laughs> thing that I just thought about, speaking of ornamental, if you're the president, knowing the power you have, and you have all these people around you, in that moment, if he really wanted to help Melly out, if he really wanted to help Melly out and make her look more important than he probably thinks she is, he could have said something that would have helped this whole situation and impressed her in front of all these people who were so important around her. I'm going to say this and let's move on. Um, as far as this situation goes, twice, this is uh, this week and last week, uh, Abby was the one who had to step up and 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 say uh, and, and to come to Melly's rescue when it should have been Fitz. Melly was the one. I'm sorry. Abby was the one that basically gave her that whole speech about when she snatched the chips and basically gave her the reason to go to the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. It was it was uh, Abby this time around when 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 uh, um, when uh, Melly was. Bombing. Looking like was bombing, looking like a fool. Abby came to the rescue. So I'm done. <laughs> Drop Mike. Weekly scandal. This week it was um, Catherine, who is Olivia's old friend and Abby's old friend, because we find out that Abby and Olivia went to law school together with Catherine. Who knew? Which was uh, the way, I mean, yeah, we didn't have no clue, but it's nice that they're adding these little plot points and these backstories, so I want to find out more about that. But uh, Catherine's daughter goes missing, and basically Olivia needs to find her. She hires her to find her, and we'll fast forward. Quinn finds her at the W Hotel in Hollywood, if, for people, if you want to visit, that's where it was. Um, the Taft <laughs> Hotel, but it was the W Hotel in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm like, look at these locations, because if it's something where it becomes recurring, then I'm going to try to stalk them. But anyway, um, it was at the Taft Hotel, and was I, I couldn't have been the only one. I think I heard you guys, too, but when she said, do you want me to go down there, and the Catherine said, I'll go do it, weren't we all like, no, just finish yeah. the job? I think that at that point, I wouldn't even told Catherine that I found her. I would have just gone. Because first of all, all Quinn said in that scene, they just ordered room service. She didn't say, I have a visual of the girl. She just said, they just ordered room service. She could be dead in there already with some guy, which well, now that we don't even know the story. If we really think about it, we don't know what happened because Catherine saying she's not the one who shot the girl after she got there. I just think Olivia kind of had a misstep on her part. Well, do you guys think that Liv is not fully back to Liv as far as the whole trust in her gut, all this? I mean, well, her gut, her gut died a long time ago, but but Liv is but Liv is really the old Olivia season one, season two. She was yeah. She would have never allowed that to happen. Well, I think sometimes when your old friendships get get in the way, it, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, like. 
it's different if there's a stranger and he was a politician mm-hmm. and he, it was about directly about the business. But when it's like your homegirl, somebody who knew you before you became you, and she's like, man, my daughter missing. Just, you know, is she at the hotel? You're like, girl, let me call. You'll right. call and check and you have Quinn tell you what it is. That's and you're like, point. oh, yeah, she's in the room. You wouldn't really, I'm assuming Olivia wouldn't really think that deep into it because it was friendship. She has a full trust there. But if that were a regular lady, I would hope it would have been different. And I, initially, when you first asked the question, my gut reaction was exactly what Cornelia said. And then I paused for a second and I actually thought about what Papa Pope said to Olivia regarding reentry. And everything being a little bit different and mm-hmm. everything feeling colder. So I feel like that there is room to potentially without, cause we do bash Olivia a lot on this show mm-hmm. without potentially bashing her. I think that there is a little bit of her that is off of her game just a little bit because again, given the nature of the house, right? And, and the fact that the dad is a rainmaker, there could be several other things that possibly went on. So exactly, I think that old Olivia, old OPA would have finished the job and made sure and had a visual and made sure that the girl was okay. Because just like you said, anyone can be using anyone's credit card. So if we're talking about old OPA finishing the job, just because Olivia left Quinn, as we saw, Quinn was still on the job since Olivia left. She found Olivia and brought her back. So I feel like Quinn hasn't really stopped being a proper associate. So since Quinn was the one at the hotel, is it then Quinn's fault that she didn't finish and see if she was in there or not? A little bit. A little bit. Because she got a call. Right. Because I think there was a moment when I... Like, as she was stepping and we were screaming at the television, I actually thought she was going to go, wait, no, 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 let me check on this girl. Right. And that's when I think the phone call came in and then she got diverted. So I do think that that actually is where that scene was going to go. And then she obviously got a call from Jake and da, 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 da. So what do we think about this weekly scandal? Is it what? Okay, I'll tell you what I like about this one, though. I like that this is a weekly scandal. We talked about this last season and the season before. that We wanted these weekly scandals to come back. What I like about this one is it's a weekly scandal that didn't just wrap up. It's continuing to something else, which is going to lead to something else, which I'm assuming is going to be the big boom for this season or the early part of the season, hopefully. Yeah, and I actually just want to shout out some people in the chat room. Uh, Case Georgia 11 said, why didn't Quinn go check? Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then uh, Validoscope said, said, Liv thought that it was her friend. So again, I think that tr- that friend relationship, we've always seen Liv not necessarily trust her gut when it has to do with so her the chat room's on the same page okay mm-hmm. we, we hear you we hear you um just one thing yeah, when when um when the what's her what's her best friend's name again Catherine, Catherine. Mm-hmm. when Catherine started to do the small t- the small talk about how we go back did you notice how Liv cut her off really quick oh, as mm-hmm. if she was getting mm-hmm. ready to reveal something to reveal Juice. Stuff. she started yeah. talking about her party girl day she was yeah. like girl if you could get and then Olivia yeah. was like I don't want to talk about it it was amazing and Catherine not Catherine Olivia was in front of her associates correct yeah, yeah, it was yeah, so, and, yeah, and um, we have to go there. And what was Catherine? She was the side chick that became the main chick. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag. Oh, oh, we have to talk about this. Hashtag bad bitch content. <laughs> yes. When they were researching, when they were researching Caitlyn, they did the voicemails, and then they went to the Instagram and did the bad bitch contest. We were all just so cracking that up. Is a hashtag bad bitch contest. <laughs> and the way Huck said it, he though. was reading it so cold. Like hashtag for friends for life. Hashtag bad bitch contest. That was great. I love it. Um, what I what, what else happened with this? It was something else I wanted to talk about though with this weekly scandal before we moved on. Um, it'll we'll come back, back to me. It'll it, yeah. come back to me. But anyway, tell us about iTunes, Sophia. One of the ways that you can help support us here at AfterBuzz TV is by going on to iTunes. You simply go to iTunes.com, AfterBuzz TV, Scandal. Actually, you know what? We're going to take a different commercial break. And we're going to take a commercial break, because I don't know about you, but I know that I watch, when I'm not here, I watch on Dish. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, ABC. Um, I'm actually a little bit mad that they don't have an East Coast feed, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so let's go to commercial. Wherever you live in this great country of ours, okay, so Dish the, can bring uh, you great um, TV. From the big city to the farmlands, high on a mountain, or low in the valley, Dish delivers all the great movies, shows, and sports you can handle. Monthly packages start at just $19.99 a month for 12 months. This is your day, America. Get Dish and get thousands of TV shows and movies on demand and free installation in up to six rooms. Visit dish.com slash after buzz. That's dish.com slash after buzz. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee and other restrictions apply. Requires a clear view of the Southern Scott. Call for details. 
Did he just say we can get dish for just nineteen ninety nine a month? Well, yes, he did, dear. And what do we pay for TV now? A whole lot more than that, dear. And why do we do that? I don't know. Get dish. Go to dish.com slash afterbuzz. That's dish.com slash afterbuzz. All right, guys. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the last thing for the weekly scandal. Do you think that Liv was out of line, or is it just that her friend? She thinks her friend betrayed her trust when she like attacked her on the wall. I'll let someone else. You know, the first thing I thought of was she had PTSD from that time that Jake <laughs> choked her out in the office. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, it's PTSD. But I mean, she put she stuck her neck out for her. Mm-hmm. She helped her out. And if what Olivia assumes is true, she went and shot the, the daughter in the chest. So, you know, from a business standpoint, you can't drag the person that's helping you in the mud. That's like you going on, on stand in a trial and you telling your attorney, yo, everything I told you was true. And then the other, and then they get up and like rip you to shreds and they find out you was completely lying. How are you going to face that? You have to face that person. Alyssa. So... You know, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I believe Olive was totally, um, she had every right to do that. Because now, as you mentioned earlier, Keneally, about the whole friendship thing, this is not just some random person who's lying to you, trying for the sake of whatever they're trying to cover their ass. But they go back. History, history. They they were in law school, although she never, although she never became a lawyer. There's a lot of history that's involved. And it's one thing when a stranger lies to you, but when someone who actually knows you lie to your face and you're trying to help them out, I would have choked the shit out of her, too. What do you think, Emil? My thing, and as I'm listening to your thoughts, it's coming to me, but my thing is Liv is way more um, analytical than we're giving her credit. And yes, her judgment may be clouded because it's her friend. But it's just like Melly went in on this case, how America and media was assuming that this cliff killer pushed her husband off when really just fell off and tripped. Um, I don't know if it was smart for her to just automatically assume that just because she found this sex tape and just because the mother went to the hotel that she actually shot her daughter. Well, I don't know. Well, but also the fact that Liv had to figure out through Huck that her best or her homegirl from from college was sleeping with her daughter's boyfriend like that information i feel like if you, if you're trying to get help if you're trying to get help and find your daughter and all, all this other stuff you need to be able to give some kind of information to you know what i'm saying especially I, especially the fact that um you know that Livia is a fixer you know the uh, extent of what she does and that she's probably going to find out anyway so i feel like that's why Liv was more upset because she wasn't informed I, I agree with you up until the point that you really think that your best friend from law school is going to tell you that she's sleeping with a 17 year old she's a grown woman nasty. do you know what i mean and <laughs> Just like she said, and I don't know the laws of the whatever, so I'm going to talk moral law and not legal law. She's a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Just like the daughter said, pedo, she's a pedophile. So even though it, she, Olivia may have been rushing to judgment, and I don't know the, if the term is called the halo effect, but we assume certain things, right? So if someone's pretty, you also assume other things because they're pretty, right? So if someone is a pedophile, you also assume that they're other things, i.e. a murderer. It's not just that that big of a leap. Versus if mm-hmm. I told you, oh, my best friend is a nun, you're going to assume other things. And, and literally then if the nun is convicted of murder, you're going to be like, oh, that little nun didn't do it. Well, why not? Why? Because we make judgments all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that Olivia finding out the information she did, it would be different if she was having an affair with an adult. Right. She's having an affair with a 17-year-old child who happens to also be her daughter or her stepdaughter's boyfriend. So I think that in that moment, she realizes that, number one. Number two, she also, being, like Emil said, being an analytical thinker, number one. Number two, being whether or not she works in or outside of the law, she's a lawyer. So she's like, oh my god, I may be culpable and an accessory. I found this girl for you then potentially to murder her. Literally in a different world, if she was not Olivia, she would be going to jail too. That makes sense. I agree with all your points. Alright guys, now we're going to go to Abby. I really like what they're doing with Abby's episode. I like when uh, we start to see the growth of other characters, which I wish we would have seen for Harrison, but I won't go there. Um, but it's the truth. We never saw that growth of Harrison, but with Abby, we're finally starting. And Abby, we always start to get little hints to her backstory, but now she's White House press secretary. David, or somebody made a comment about how, 
Or no, Abby made the comment because Abby had this great interaction with Olivia after uh, Catherine found out her daughter died. Abby comes and confronts Olivia and, you know, they're having this interaction. And we see throughout the episode that the relationship between Abby and Olivia is very much strained. Um, but pretty much Abby comes to check on Olivia and her friend Catherine and Olivia is not having it. And then Abby says, am I not a gladiator anymore because of this, this and that? Um, I thought that scene was great, but I also like how they played it against her role in the White House right now. Because in the White House, she's pretty much just running around doing the bidding of other people but I feel like she had more power at Pope and Associates to the point where sometimes I wonder if she's going to start to question whether or not she should go back to Pope and Associates well they will have to mend that relationship because they both seem to have some level of resentment towards each other Right. I did like that she called out Liv uh, over the whole ethical thing because she said oh this is coming from you the rigor of elections like you're going to tell me Mm -hmm. what is and what isn't I'm happy that Abby finally got that off her chest however how long are they going to keep doing this back and forth without really talking about what the problem is for Abby a lot of it I think has to do with she is trailing she is walking in Olivia's shadow because every time something happens where you know Abby's involved as as soon as Olivia's name comes up people assume that Olivia's taking care of it they don't even question Olivia they just let her do her thing with Abby they're like "Mm, you need to make sure you're doing this right they don't even know her name so I think Gabby exactly (laughs) I think a part of it is when you're in somebody's shadow, you know, it gets frustrating and you, you know, you, you have a level of resentment, but they need to talk about it. She's not coming back to no, nobody's associates, nothing, <laughs> if they don't make amends. This is all, for me, this is, um, the, all the blame on this is Olivia because Olivia, because basically Abby, uh, expressed her feelings of how she went off and left and that, and that whole thing, um, Liv feels a certain way about the situation. She feels because she was basically read by by Abby, she feels that she has to do this whole tit for tat thing. Did you notice before before uh Abby went to check on Liv, there was conversation with the two of them on the on the phone mm-hmm. and Liv was more so trying to get back. It was like, Okay, so you got me the last time, all right girl, I'm about to get you now and so then now uh, Liv had to read her. And I feel like Liv is the one that is continuing on with this uh this strained relationship. Abby is doing her part because Abby still reached out to her. Uh, she went to go see about, you know, um, she called her and then she went to the house. She's doing everything that a normal friend would do, even when two friends are, are not speaking to each other for what for whatever reason. Um, 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 Abby is still making forth effort to see to make sure that the communication is there. It's Liv who's the one who keeps wanting to throw daggers because whatever reason that she feels. So I blame this on Liv. She's the childish one in this situation. I feel like I feel like Abby is the one that's um, um, who's the. Res- I don't know. She's 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 playing the better part. I would agree with that for sure. Um, Quinn, 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 uh, Quinn. In this episode, I, I don't know. I don't want to go back to what Bam used to say first season. Chicken head. <laughs> no, no, no. No, she's, she's not. not she's definitely not. She's definitely not. She's definitely not. She's definitely not. Because I think, and I had to fast forward to, to fast back. When she comes back and has been missing for 24 hours, and again, we are now living in a in a disconnected, disjointed OPA. We're the only three of them left. And only three of them are left. And Abby may be in the White House, but Harrison is dead. Mm-hmm. Right? Her statement is valid. I'm gone for 24 hours, and not only did you not notice, but no one came looking for me. I think she has no idea where she belongs, even though, ironically, she has been the sole gladiator. She totally kept everything together. The fact that she says she checked on Huck, even though she didn't have to. And let's just go there for a quick second. And everyone's going to say I'm disgusting and I'm weird and I'm a freak and blah, blah, blah. Do you, Sophie? But that is real love. Like, the ability to let someone go when they say, you know, if you love someone, let him go. The fact that she basically was like, Huck, you have a family. And even though I love you or lust after you or whatever it is, I care about you enough that I want you potentially to be happy and to be normal. That didn't work out. But, okay, cool. You're not going to talk to me. I'm still going to check up on you because I love you. Regardless of the fact that you're not going to talk to me. Then same thing with Olivia. Like, here I find you basically Huck didn't try to find you 
either he couldn't or he didn't, but either way he didn't, I bring you back, obviously, to the life that you want. Because you could have gone back to the island, but you didn't. No thanks. And same thing even with Abby. I mean, we all know Abby has a mouth on her. Mm. Calling her super freaking blah, 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 blah. So the fact that she kept tabs on everyone because she loves her family so much and then for Charlie to so poke at her and basically be like, nobody wants you, Robin. Nobody wants you. When it goes back to your whole concept, we don't even know what her name is. Again, she has another name. And here this weird spy who's even worse than Huck. At least he loves her. At least he misses her. That's not chicken head. That's the whole concept of this show, that everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to belong. Everyone just wants to feel like they're needed and somebody cares about them. Yeah, I think the... Well, I think what Charlie did and and how he, how he used his words um, was really what... A typical man would say when we are trying to twit, when we're trying to get our way, like Charlie basically, he left it all out there. I'm lonely, you know, you're my girl, I miss you, blah, 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 blah. And Quinn is not really having it. So now he has to take another approach. And sometimes you you do kind of a, either a nice approach or you do like a nasty approach. And what he did was more the nasty approach. He was like, well, um, what did he say? He said, uh, he said, uh, the truth is, nobody wants you. It's one of those things where it's like sometimes, I won't just say men, but the other part, the other half would say something very derogatory, uh, derogatory to you to kind of get in your head. And that's exactly what Charlie did for that moment, which is why when she left, then she had that realization. And then that's when she said the whole thing about the 24 hours. Charlie is an emotional abuser. That's what he did. He emotionally abuses Quinn mm-hmm. to manipulate her to do what he wants when it's convenient for him. He knew, like, you know, that's why he brought her in there. We all know it. He tried to hit her with that, with the, I'm lonely too, you're not lonely. But then he, with the, nobody wants you. Don't abuse me. Because when, when you're point. abused, mm-hmm. when you abuse somebody and they are used to being abused and they stay with you while you were being abused, that's exactly what she's, she's going to go away feeling like, yeah, nobody wants me. It's the same way with somebody, when, a, when your man punch you in the face, you see battered women, they get hit and afterwards he brings her flowers. He didn't mean it, he loved me because that abuse, it feels okay to you because you're made to feel like it was home or it was, you know, comfortable. And then when she went, like Sophia said, she went back, nobody's looking for her. Mm. Well, well, that, one, like, that sealed the deal. The one thing that that bothered me when Quinn was talking about, you know, I people that love me. She mentioned Jake's ass. She was just I, naming people yeah, she was, just yeah, to yeah, make it seem like... But I agree with you, Bam. Oh. Because, because literally, I was screaming at the TV. I was like, yo, A, Jake needs to die. Seriously. B, what is he like, her pimp now? Like, I'm not having this. So you summoned me. No, seriously, you summoned me and then put me in a room and locked me in a room with this random dude that I used to date? Like, what is this? Wait, wait. No, but seriously, because if she didn't take him down, like, when she took him down, when he came at her, I'm about to go off. Let, let me agree with you for a second. Hold okay. on. What also bothered me about this situation <laughs> is you're going you're gonna to put someone into a room for a whole 24 hours for a day. There's no chips. There's no snacks. There's no, <laughs> yeah, man, no There's no water, no bathroom. Like, how dare you leave me in a room with no snacks? No, real quick. <laughs> when did Quinn learn karate? When did she learn when when karate? when when um Olivia's been at the island she's been training she was she got she's been staying ready in American Tiger Karate the dojo and yeah. she is now a black belt because she took him down like she real studied quick, with Bruce Lee with a quickness real quick it's like yeah when did this happen. <laughs> My thing, okay, so Quinn is not a chicken head. You all made She's great points. I get no, that. not at all. I guess the only Ain't thing that bothered me about the scene is I wish, and you, you kind of sealed the deal for me as far as going against what I'm about to say. I just wish that the kiss didn't happen. That's where I didn't want it to go. But again, she had, she had a moment where where what he he did what he was supposed to do he needed to get her on her side because he's lonely, he wants her back. So she had a moment where, okay, well, well, is I've been here. I don't know how many hours I've been here. You know, no one's looking. Well, maybe for me. my reaction so, was different too. So, so she felt a little vulnerable, and so you and uh, you locked in a room for you don't know how long. And so she had just a moment where she kissed him, and then luckily, once she snapped out of it, she snapped out of it. No, it's only because the door opened. But what were you going to say? No, I was going to say for some reason I thought that, and this is probably why my reaction is different because I thought it was just literally for a couple hours in the night. But now it's 24 hours. But was it, though? Because she... 
Was it? Yeah, because she came back in the daytime. It was 24 hours. Yeah. You're right. There ain't need no subway, nothing in there to eat. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, true, it was man. originally three hours, and uh, Jake told her for, for a couple hours, and then when she walked in, um, uh, Charlie said something, and, and she was like, you didn't say, you know, so it alluded to the fact that it was like a day. But I'm a cornball, because for me, when Huck said, if you go missing, I'll look, I'll look for you, for you mm-hmm. I totally teared up. And I don't know, I don't know if it's the writing. I don't know if it is, uh, Guillermo and Katie's chemistry. I don't know if it's the characters. Um, I don't know what it is, but their chemistry together, whether or not it is sexual in nature, friendship, love, there's definitely an electricity there and a vulnerability, and especially Guillermo Diaz. I feel like I don't know why he hasn't won an Emmy yet. I, I hope that this... Mean, he needs to get nominated first. Well, he got nominated. He, yeah, but he, I mean, he needs. Yeah. To, I mean, he needs to get an Emmy. He needs to get an NAACP oh, Image Award. Like he needs he to. He needs to be nominated and he needs to win. Like he mm-hmm. is an amazing, amazing actor because he sits in this pocket where he totally is. Weird. He totally is a little different, but all of that makes you love him even more mm-hmm. because I think he's so raw and he's so organic. And of all the characters that we see, he's probably the most true to self. And he actually isn't. He he contains himself because he loves people, meaning he's not out assassinating people because he loves people. But other than that, he's the most organically unguarded character on the show and it also seems like as an actor he's that unguarded and I just my hat goes off I bravo I think he's amazing every scene he's in makes me emote in a different kind of a way well, you're right I you don't think at, he if, was nominated if you, look right, at his bo- if you look at his body language and how he said that line it, everything just if, even if he didn't even say anything just his body language and how he was looking at her she felt it so yeah. I, I, that was it was a good moment it was really good I completely agree now uh, Sophia went in on Jake a couple of moments ago so now we're about to do a full analysis of this whole Jake situation uh, so Jake <laughs> Sophia Jake and Olivia um, Olake and somebody put on Twitter today they said don't hate Jake hate Olake which I I can't I can I can see how you can try to do that they said they said that you know there can be Olake haters there can be Jake haters but they said don't hate Jake and hate Olake but I, okay. I'm not saying I hate anybody first of all okay you guys or I'm sure someone's going to hate me but okay so I see where I see where Jake is going with this whole relationship thing you have Olivia who has kind of set the ground rules now Jake now is coming to the realization that hmm I think Liv is feeling me a little bit more than than what she's what she's saying. So now Jake is kind of doing the whole. Now Jake is trying to do the whole uh, the kind of whole heart to get thing where he's not allowing Liv to to um, to get and do what she wants, and it's making a Liv and it's making Liv like him even more because Liv is not getting her way. And so I like. I like what Jake is doing as far as not succumbing to Olivia's rules, um, and. Why would you allow your? Why would you allow to have <laughs> him come to dinner with your dad when you're when just you knew? And, no, and you knew your dad threw him in the hole. Come on, kills people. You better preach. Is the head of B six thirteen, and to you, he's supposed to just ignore like you have. Like Olivia, girl, knock it off. Mm-hmm. That's basically like if that's saying if 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 her dad pulled a gun out on the dude, would you still invite that dude back over to the house the next day? No, Olivia, stop doing that. I get the back and forth playing games because in regular relationships, people play games. Dude, you know they try to act like they don't want to be your booty call to try to get you to come over. It's that push pull thing. Two can play that game. Mm-hmm. Very. Vivica Fox Morris Chestnut. It's very that. However, Olivia, girl, you got to quit playing. Don't have this man over to the house with your dad. And that's not your boyfriend. It's just- so is she trying to make him her man now? Or she just wants that option? Is he her- He must be her back pocket dude. Like, just in case, I'm going to pull you up my back pocket and I got I to gotta do when I don't want to you put mean you back in. You mean in a glass? Mm-hmm. I feel like it goes back to what Sophie was saying about what 
uh, Rowan said earlier to her, she's just trying to, you know, adjust back to it. And Jake is part of the adjustment. Jake was on the island with her. Jake still understands her. And since her dad is also somebody who kind of twists her mind and, you know, makes her believe certain things, her dad is saying, you know, Jake's a good guy. Oh, you should invite him to dinner. And Olivia's like, oh, yeah, that would be great. Um, I, I don't. I don't know what's going on this whole Olivia Jake thing, but I want to focus more on Jake in this situation and what happened at dinner because Jake got some balls to talk to Rowan the way he talked to him. I just so? I don't. No, no, so it's Rowan. So okay, mm-mm, okay. Mm-mm. Disclaimer: Maybe it's because I watched American Horror Story last <laughs> night, but like Rowan should have sliced his neck. Yes, yes. I'm That's sorry. I said it. Like, no, like seriously, screw this. Like stabbing the table. Like. He needs to make a definitive move, and I'm sorry, when Olivia comes in, she needs to see her father for who he is, a monster. Yes. I need him to be a monster. Here's my thing. I'll just make this real quick. This is what bothers me. Why? This bothers me. They do it in TV shows and movies all the time. If you're going to do something, just do it. I hate when you go to the villain or you go to whoever <laughs> the antagonist is and you're like, I have this information about you and I'm going to reveal this about you. I'm going to do this. Just do it because now he can prepare, he can plan, he can do all these different things. I don't like how he approached Rowan and told him all that, especially has Olivia not talked about what Rowan has done to her previous boyfriends like Puddin' Pop? But you know what? Let's give Rowan some of the blame here too because Rowan, you put somebody in a hole, you doing this and that, you dethroned him off of his of position. You don't think he's going to say anything or get snippy or smart at all? For real, they're both killers. They're both. They both should have known going in that something was going was going to pop off. Instead of just cutting the pork, talking about you marinating in some coffee grounds. Get (laughs) get cut to the point. Both of y'all had something to say, and they should have known and assumed that something was going to go down. Like Sophia said, though, I thought Rowan was going to stab him in the chest. I get. I get what you. My thing is though, in the situation, I just want to know what you guys think. In the situation though, Rowan or Jake. Who do you think is actually going to live? Because I put my money on Rowan. I think Jake, I'm, I'm sorry. I think Rowan, it would be Rowan who's going to die. Yeah, and the funny thing is me too, even though that's not what I want. Yeah. But it, but totally, I think it's totally going to be Rowan who is, actually, you just expand upon why you think. I won't even have to, and I'll just go, yes, I, ditto. <laughs> because I'm a, such a, a TV fanatic, I think Rowan has to go for away for a while because again you've had two actors who've gotten a guest um guest actor Emmy today uh, uh two years in a row Ooh. and he he has to go because Ooh. when you win, when you win awards that means your money you got to you know what I'm saying yeah 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 um your money has to increase mm-hmm. and he can't continue to 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 um to be a reoccurring because yeah so that's my that's my reason for it that's but, a good point yeah mm-hmm. No, I'll just ditto for that for time reasons. <laughs> I'll talk about it more offline or online on Twitter, YouTube, and iTunes. All right. Um, so I'm interested to see where that's going to go, but I see what you're talking about, especially with the way the show ended and how Jake was pretty much stalking Rowan. So that will be interesting to see. Cyrus, though. Oh, okay. I, I, go, go. What kind of sex you having that was worth $2,500? <laughs> He must really be putting it down in them sheets. I when he said, "Here's your twenty five hundred dollars plus gratuity." What did he do? Plus gratuity. What I can't. was he doing? Twerking? He was twerking <laughs> in the handstand. He is not worth twenty five hundred dollars. Is I, that how much you get? Okay. Wait, no. Can I do? I'm um, just real quick on YouTube um, from last week. Emotional 2000 said, "My cold piece goes to Lizzie Bear. She hired a dude to get Psy. Tight work, Lizzie. The reason that this resonates with me is because karma is a B. Psy pimped out his husband James to get mm. what he wanted, and now Lizzie is doing the same thing to him. Is doing the sure. same thing to him. Bring Mr. Bean down to his knees. Mm, mm. That's true. And there's Good a symmetry point. to that that I didn't notice before. Good point. Keep true. going. And then also. Cyrus is old. Cyrus doesn't know much about the new generation 2000. He he doesn't know about being played the game and like when he when he got with when he got with James, he said James was some little young cute hot boy that he wanted and so he got him. And James kind of had motive for why he wanted to get with Cyrus. But when you look at when you look at when you look at today now, he has no no, but the motive he, is money. See, the, the, I see. I would I would agree with you. Sorry, I would agree with you if he wasn't a hooker and didn't tell him he was a hooker. He told him he was a hooker. So Cyrus thinks that we have a business transaction. 
you met me at a bar. I obviously, you can tell, I'm an older gentleman. He probably can size up his suit, can tell how much his suit costs, let alone he's Cyrus B. Right. I mean, you know who he is. You live in the District of Columbia. You know visually who he is. So you're like, oh, this is a trick, a John, or whatever, whatever the term is. Cyrus thinks he <laughs> is literally worker. approaching him for a business transaction. Mm-hmm. To get the, like, the distinction yeah. versus if he was just some dude at a bar and was getting played. I get what you're saying, okay. but you have to remember, Cyrus is always the one who goes and gets what he wants. He finally has someone that's kind of, um, it's kind of like when a good girl gets a bad guy. You know, she's intrigued. Cyrus is totally intrigued by this guy because of the game that he's running on him. He's never had anybody run game because Cyrus is the one that runs game on you. Yeah, well, he's running a point. Expensive game as well. All right, twenty five hundred. Like, is that the difference between a prostitute and an escort, or like, what's the the proper term? Twenty five hundred dollars for a night. And he must have really put it down yeah, in mean, them sheets. But again, he knows nothing about Craigslist or uh, the, um, the online, <laughs> Facebook. Like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, Okay, let's keep it real. Sorry, adult conversation. Let's keep it real. Michael made a very um, good point when he said, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you're overthinking. You're paying for privacy. You're paying for discretion, yeah, right? Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Cyrus can't go to Craigslist. Craigslist? Cyrus can't use Grindr. Do you know what I mean? So that's also why it's a $2,500 transaction and not some hundred dollar transaction on the corner. And that's why also too, I agree with your point that he is playing him and he's basically mind effing him because the minute he realized, oh wait, he's in business school at GW, all of that then made it more palatable, Mm -hmm. right? Because he wasn't some abused, victimized, um, possibly held hostage illegal transaction. I know that the issue of prostitution is illegal, but I think there's a separate issue of like kidnapping and and, um, and Um, trafficking. Trafficking, right, thank right. you. This is not the case. It, it looked like his world, and that's why Cyrus was able to be manipulated in the way that he, he is. And the last point, sorry, is their chemistry, again, ten times better than Awake. Bye, Jake. Well, Bye. Well, I mean, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's why I love doing this after show. So she's paying for, or he's paying for discretion. Mm-hmm. So it might not have been that good. You never know. Mm. Uh, and the last thing is David Rosen. <laughs> I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out because David is starting to see the consequences of using those B613 files. Because he's doing it for the, the good in a way. But when is somebody going to find out he has these files? Exactly, this exactly. This is in a day of a, a random, like, you store, exactly. storage facility. When, nobody knows he has these? And why hasn't Rowan found them yet? Can I just go back to your first statement? What's up? That he's doing it for good. I actually disagree. Me too. I think he's took off his white hat. When Cyrus, basically when the president said something to him and basically was like, you know, do a good job or whatever he said, and he smiled, and Cyrus says, I know that smile. You're inside the bubble now, mm-hmm. right? Meaning you're inside the inner circle. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when, when Fitz then gave him that speech, which was... Uh, awesome and he basically was like no like if I don't get to be a soccer dad in Vermont like then this has to work like I'm just a monument I'm just a you know whatever it is that he said at that moment David had a choice to make because David basically was like oh well then I'm just going to be ornamental and I'm just going to be a monument I have to prove myself mm-hmm. so I felt like it was more ego that he he liked that feeling of power of being on the inside because again we've known Fitz is Fitz <clears throat> Fitz is the president of the United States of America Right? I, I don't know about you, and I'm, I'll be real with you. I don't care if it's the current president or any other president, even if it was regardless of party. If I'm going to be in the room with the president of the United States of America, dude. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, I will feel like I've arrived. I feel like all of my schooling was, was worth it. It doesn't matter. Like, I would literally be like, God, thank you. I did something good. Mm-hmm. So here, David Rosen feels that he is there because he has done such amazing work. Even though he's a different party than the president, that the president is basically saying for him that he's doing a good job, he wants to keep that feeling. That's why he's doing it. That's not white hat shit. Sorry. But David, <laughs> David said that he was basically tired of playing the good guy anyway, so he made some changes, and I like this new David. I'm excited to see where it goes, but we're now going to go to news and gossip. After Buzz. 
What okay. do we have? This um, the only thing we have, we don't have a picture, but um, I definitely recommend for everyone to uh, check out uh, The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Shonda Rhimes is on the cover, and the cover is just absolutely amazing. And it basically just documents that she is the savior of TV. She is definitely uh, this decade's, one of this decade's top showrunners. Um, check out the article. I read it. It was um, a great read for, I think, anyone who is striving for something, but specifically any writers, um, anyone, whether or not it's TV or film, I think it's definitely a great read. I think she gives you some great uh, little nuggets for how to really move your career forward. And Carrie Washington is announced to uh, uh, be in a new romantic comedy uh, coming out sometime next year. And um, I don't have the title of it, but I know the premise deals with her dealing with three relationships that she goes back and she has to go relive uh, the relationships before she actually gets married. So, so far, it's only hers uh, as a cast, but they haven't uh, said who's going to be um, some of her leading co-star men. So we'll see. We'll yeah, but let us know on Twitter who you think her co-star should be in this new rom-com. That'll be interesting. I'm ready to see Carrie like have a breakout, like a real breakout movie role. Now that she's reached the status mm-hmm. that she's at now, yeah. I've loved her on though. On um, I think I love my wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. We'll see though. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's your favorite part of the After Buzz After Show, the cold piece of the week by Cornelia Stradwick. All right, guys. So I know everyone hates Jake, but I am giving him cold piece of the week for episode three. Reason being. Yes, him and Olivia have a back and forth relationship, and yes, he has history with Papa Pope, but you have to be a cold dude to walk into someone's house who has the reputation as Papa Pope and to basically verbally tell him that you are on the brink of shutting him down. He needs to go back to the island that he sent his daughter to and stay there, or you're going to be standing over his dead body. That's cold right there, especially considering that Papa threw him in the hole, tortured him, and it's Papa Pope. So for that reason, I give Jake cold piece of the week. I love it. I love it. Now we're going to go into predictions, guys. And uh, just to highlight somebody on YouTube, the song is Icebox. I know it's not a classic. I was being sarcastic. All right, guys. Predictions. What are we thinking? Uh, I predict that Cyrus is getting turned out. Oh, you better preach. Because if it's, again, $2,500, I'm not going to get off of that. <laughs> if it's worth $2,500, then Cyrus is already turned out. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep it light. That's all I got, man. Uh, for me, I think that Catherine did not murder her daughter, and I think that that's going to be uh, something that's going to lead into a major storyline, hopefully a very dramatic storyline. I feel like we're having this roller coaster ride and it's about to this is like the the big hill and then we're about to drop real fast. So um I alluded to it uh, uh earlier in tonight's uh, recap that if it's between Jake and Rowan, I think Rowan has to go, but I think it's more so for the reasons that I explained as far as, you know, him winning the Emmy and, and so forth. So I think he has to go away for a while, maybe not die, but he has to go away for a while. He can't keep popping up in the episodes. I can see that. I don't have anything. <laughs> Just watch. All right, where can we find you guys on social media? You can find me at Bam Erickson. You can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley and Facebook. Me at Canelia, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And at email, and it's Junior on everything, and on YouTube, go to Chasing LA. Guys, it was so great to join you. <laughs> it was so great having you here, guys. I'm tired. Uh, come back next week. We love you guys. Keep supporting, and thank you so much for getting our first after show for this season to almost 100,000 views. You guys rock. I love you. Thanks so much. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 